Happy New Year's and welcome back to the Art of Living. So, my wife used to watch this show on AME called uh, Intervention. And every week, there'd be someone indulging in their drug of their choice. And then the family would let the camera crew in to kind of witness them having this intervention and this come to God type of moment with the person or the family member that's on drugs. And it would usually lead or usually lead up to people reading their individual letters within the family on what that person or family member's drug habit is doing to the family and someone break out and crying in tears like, Timmy, you're killing us. You're, you're ripping the family apart. You sold the cat food. And, and how that their actions or their drug use is impacting people. But what really, really, it really boils down to is... Uh, the time has come to live your life to the fullest. It's time to embark on a new journey. A journey that leads to emotional growth and mental freedom. Welcome to The Art of Living with your host, Dave Clinton. Welcome to The Art of Living, where we advocate for introspection while helping you break generational habits so you can grow. As always, I'm your host, Dave Clinton. So, Earlier, I was telling you about that A&E show, A&E show called Intervention. And what I think a lot of this stuff really breaks down is kind of fear. People used to take drugs because they uh, fear like fitting in or some type of anxiety or some type of ailment that they're, you're using or the drugs are kind of protecting them from failing. So the reason I want to talk about fear because... I feel like that was what 2020 was sponsored by, fear. And the reason why I felt I felt that way is because we've been on this four-year roller coaster ride, and I'm not here to kind of choose whether it's Democrat or Republican or who was right and what was wrong. But I just definitely felt at that part and that time we were kind of vulnerable because there are groups or factions of people that kind of believed that. The, the, the country is going in the wrong direction and there were people that oversaw that and saw that there was a, a lane to be had to kind of get in on and capitalize on people's fears and their ideas of uh, kind of being overtaken or, or, or not valued, so to speak. So the reason why I think fear played a great role in the election because it was like an ideal time to play out on people's fears of us not being as powerful as, as a country or or certain groups of people uh, taking over and you might lose your, uh, your rights or terrorism. And if we let these group of people in, then we're more liable to terrorist attacks and all different types of things when the truth is like there's more homegrown, ter- homegrown terrorism than what we actually are led to believe. So I, I kind of want to read you this statistic from uh, VeryWellMind.com. And they posted a piece that said an estimate of 9.1 of Americans, more than 19 million people, have a specific phobia. And many of these people have more specific phobias. The prevalence of specific phobias in teenagers is high at 15.1. 
more than twice as many women as men have specific phobias. So fear is kind of deep ingrained in us. And of course, we all heard like the different stories of how early cavemen was, it was something, fear was something that kept them alive. Fear was something that helped them make very crucial decisions. And we still kind of use it today as whether you're feeling somebody out uh, as, as a first time, whether they're going to be a friend or you're trying to understand what a superior might want from you or what's, what's their working style. There's a little bit of fear there because you're trying to feel that person out and understand where you fit. So the reason why I brought that up, because not only do I feel like fear was using during the, like, the election campaign, I also felt like 2020 was basically damn near sponsored by fear, or fear of disease, which is very valid. So as we left 2020, right, and we look forward to 2021, I'm sure it was a year of a lot of uncertainty, a lot of bad things as far as people losing jobs and this corona thing that's claimed so many different lives and not having, I, I guess for lack of a better word, like good leadership to kind of navigate us through instead of kind of light uh, a wick under what was already in explosive situations and, and being divisive. But I could go on and on about that, that the old regime. So I kind of want to get into what I see right now, which is resurgence and exploring who we are as a country and what we're doing and where we're going. And it feels kind of hopeful. I gotta be, I gotta be honest. Like it's, it's, it's scary for me, but it's also very hopeful because it's so much potential. It's so much potential to do good to so much potential to change things, to rewrite things, to, to make things right. But there's also so much potential. And I feel like we've been here before where we're, we're almost there or we feel like we're on the cusp of something big. And then it just gets strangled, kind of like, to, so, so to speak, the air just gets taken out of it. So it's a little bit of apprehension and it's a little bit of uh, excitement. And the excitement piece is basically because I feel like there's so many different things that we've taken a look at and and kind of revamped and some things are mostly when I think about like corporations I feel like they might be doing the right thing because it's they don't want to be on the wrong side of the backlash but there's some companies where it feels like they're just genuinely doing the right thing from uh, a good space and uh, it definitely feels like we're going in the right direction but we definitely have a lot of work but where I see the issue is, is the wording of the messages. And I feel like it's, it's very tough to tell somebody that what they believed for a hundred years or 40 years or even five years is something that you need to change. And the only way you can really reach people is by trying to speak their language or trying to approach them in a way that kind of helps them digest what you're trying to tell them. And as there's so many different sides in America and there's so many different stories on both ends and if even if you're right on your side of the story and you voice it in a way that's not digestible someone's going to stonewall you they're not going to actually listen to what you're actually saying they're going to actually dig into their stance more 
and they might feel like they're wrong, but it's really, really hard to put a mirror in someone's face and tell them that this change needs to be done and this is good for you. And it's also scary for some people because you're now removing them from power. And even if they didn't know they had that power, it's scary to say, hey, look, I know you didn't know you had this power, but we're removing it. And now you, you have to act accordingly. It might be the right thing to do to relinquish that power in the name of uh, a unified country or a unified space or some place where everyone can feel accepted and loved. But nonetheless, it's, it's, it's scary shit. Like no one just wants to do that. Change is forged in uh, people's opinions. And uh, opinions are sometimes based in emotions. So if, if you have an affiliation to something, like say you, you like Nike, and someone else likes Adidas, even though you have no stake in Nike or Adidas, there's people that will argue, even fight that Nike is better than Adidas. And it's just something that's human. Like once you believe in something, once you form a, an, an idea or you find form a connection to something, it, it's so strong that it's hard to think outside of that emotion and, and do the right thing sometimes. Even though in your mind you really want to do the right thing, and, and sure, a ton of you guys have been in relationships or friendships where you know you're wrong. You know you did some dumb shit. But instead of just backing down, you double down on it, and now you're in a situation that's that's worse than initially just saying, you know what, I'm sorry, I probably shouldn't have did that. So it's, it's human to want to dig your heels into something when you're confronted. So I'm going to read you a study from Columbia EDU. Our brains don't like change because that's the way we're wired. Thanks to fMRI technology, we now know that when you try to convince people to overcome their confirmation bias, to show the, that a fact does not confirm their bias, their brains react as if they were in pain. I think it's harder than ever to try to convince somebody that they that they have confirmation bias because there's so many different ways right now to kind of live in your own world. And because of like algorithms, they'll support your evidence. Like you'll, you'll find what you want to see. So if YouTube kind of knows, hey, look, you like cat videos and cats are the best animals in the world. They're gonna see that you went to three cat videos or two cat videos in the world and they're gonna start feeding you cat videos. So then it kind of confirms your bias. So it would be hard to, to kind of get that person to think about, okay, maybe there's other animals that are just as good as cats because you only watch cat news, cat YouTube, and you have a cat Instagram. So to your mind, you're correct. You're right. Cats are the, the, the best animals in the world. So as we kind of jump into 2021, and it is hopefully an exciting and a productive year, which it probably is already more than 2020, but... And going forward, I kind of feel we got to get to a point where we're not just being divided for the sense of being divided. Like, there's so much divide that it's crazy. Like, there's men versus women. There's uh, different races versus each other. There's Democrat versus Republican. And for me, the cancer culture is so strong that it's always a matter of these people are stupid. Let's just exile them. And... I don't think anything gets resolved. I think it's better to try to either flip these some of these people that 
don't have your strong beliefs if if you're trying to move towards a better a better country or a, a better tomorrow so to speak you kind of have to have a, a level of empathy and understanding that you might not reach that person the first time you might not reach that person the second time but if, if you keep kind of trying to talk to a person with some level of humility maybe something might happen maybe not i'm not saying this waste your time all day but for me i kind of just gravitate towards reading things that i wouldn't normally read and people look at me like i'm crazy like i read neo-nazi books i read alt-right books i read all different type of things because you never know who you might be talking to and for me it's all about being able to speak that person's language and having a knowledge of them and that's what kind of makes them felt feel felt makes them feel understood even if it's crazy and batshit crazy to you you're like it makes no sense why the hell would you read that shit it's to have some level of knowledge and understanding when people felt when people feel felt they address you different they talk different i i know this because when i'm dealing with my daughters and i'm just talking down to them versus talking from their side and understanding or letting them voice their understanding and then kind of getting back to that and, and and making them feel understood i have a way more productive conversation with the new year i want to thank everyone that's listening to me on Castbox, deezer apple podcast and uh Thank you to everybody that's listening to me from the United States, France, India. Shout out to my peeps in Russia. Keep listening. We got more stuff to roll out. Thanks for listening to the Living Show. Subscribe to this show to be the first to hear new episodes packed with inspiring stories from those who've overcome personal obstacles, fears, and judgment to live their life with emotional intelligence.